0: Hey beauty, welcome to Guiding You Home podcast. I am your host, Monique Vetti, embodiment coach and shamanic healer, helping you to transmute trauma into freedom so you can find your true path home. I've created this platform to share my story and others whom have walked the path of darkness and are now living an aligned, heart-filled life. This is to show you that anything is possible in life And that the first step all starts with you. Hey beauty, how are you going today? Hope you're taking care of yourself and bringing in a bit of joy as well. So um, I was wondering what to do for my first podcast and I've been pondering on this for quite a bit now. And I was just like, okay, I literally just need to just start talking and then it will just flow out of me. And what I really want to share with you today is my story of how I managed to heal myself naturally from um, complex PTSD. Sometimes I say that it's PTSD and sometimes I say it's complex because it, it was actually a combination of the both Um and that's why I say I jump between the two two labels. So it all started in, it actually started earlier than what I was willing to recognise it as. And even to the point where um, when I came out of it of the traumatic experience, I didn't realize that I had PTSD so basically the long short of it is that I got married and the man that I was with was very manipulative very very emotionally abusive um, and very controlling in in a way that I didn't see it as that. Um, Yeah, so, you know, lots of things happened, but only gradually. It wasn't all at once. And if it did happen all at once, then I wouldn't have gone down that road. I would have been like, nah, I'm out, see you later, not doing this. But because it happened slowly over time, and I'm talking about years... By the time it got to the end of this marriage uh, I was basically broken Absolutely broken down to nothing When you're with someone that has narcissistic tendencies And bipolar on top of that You find it very hard to understand where you sit with them And what safety means to you Because it, it just doesn't happen you're constantly walking on eggshells, like just constantly holding my breath all the time. And because I saw marriage as an absolute honor and wanted to keep treating it like that, so I stayed longer than I should have. Um, However, there came a tipping point when I was literally booted out of it uh, from spirit. And what I mean by that is that Um, Once we hit the seven year mark Which was about five years married Seven years together Things were changing Dramatically And there were Like other women were like I could feel the energy of other women coming in And it was just like He was acting really strange And weird at times and I just Knew something was up but I couldn't understand What it was and to begin with, it was just the lies It was just so many lies One, one thing on, on top of another And it was just like, oh god like, And in the end um, I just nodded my head And wouldn't say anything Because it was just like Whatever you say, man It didn't matter if I was trying to make him Tell me the truth Even though I could feel it in my being That he was lying um, He would still lie so, I guess I gave up. I gave up on myself, really. I gave up on what I was about, what I wanted. And I felt so lost as well. And so, during this whole time, I, I was going on like massive, big spiritual journeys and um, finding out, Different ways of energy Like healing modalities I was doing all sorts of different things And the more lighter I was becoming The more darker he would become And it was just like Becoming very, very In my face towards the end of the relationship So That's an overview of it all um, Yeah, he like He was abusive Like on all levels, and it was just crazy, stupid stuff, like, getting angry over dishes that weren't cleaned, like, come on, dude, people eat, (laughs) you know, like, it was just weird, stupid things like that, it was just any, like, any type of, uh, way that he could, Um, put me down Or start a fight Or do something He would And that was his excuse To leave the house Where he would go to I don't know Like He would say to, He would always go to the gym But I didn't I didn't believe him So um, Yeah it was very Very codependent as well Like I, I Got to a point where it was like It was all about him and if he wasn't the centre of attention then he made himself the centre of attention by causing a big fight or some ridiculous comment accusing me of cheating and all that type of stuff When in actual fact it was him that was doing it all along so you know just stupid petty stuff like that that is just like when I look at it now I'm just like what the actual fuck was that (laughs) like what the hell was I thinking honestly I don't think I was thinking Ugh, It was so weird So I came out of that relationship uh, Nine years I, I literally caught him red handed Cheating, he had all the evidence on his phone And um, I kept asking Spirit to show me what I needed to see And it became one of my um, like Mantras That I'd say to myself Every day Because it was like There's something I'm not seeing here, and I don't know what it is. Something's not right, and I just can't see it. So I would ask Spirit, please, show me. Show me what it is I need to see. And slowly but surely, it all started unfolding. And there was this one night I came home, and um, I had gone through my second miscarriage by then. I was... At an all-time low, I had no joy left within me. I didn't even laugh. I had hardly any friends around me. And I was all alone. And I remember walking home and thinking to myself, this is not how I want to live. This is not a life. What is this all about? I was like, "Look look at all these people... You know, going out on a Friday night, having fun with their friends, laughing and all that type of stuff that comes with going out with your friends, all the the fun stuff. I didn't do it. I didn't have it. And I was questioning, like, why do I feel like this? Why am I not going out and doing that? Because if I did get invited, I'd still say no. And that was because I was depressed as well. I mean, I'd just lost a second baby within two years. And I didn't even get any consolidation or anything from the ex. I didn't even... All I got was a pat on the shoulder, you'll be right, mate, type of thing. And I literally just sunk into, like... What's the point of this? What's the point of me carrying on living this life, doing the same fucking thing, day in and day out, where I get no joy, no laughter. I don't even have fun at home. I hated going home. Hated seeing him. I just hated everything. I hated the marriage. I was I was like, I want out. And it was something clicked in me, like it was like you know what, I've had enough. I've had enough of this. This this is no more. This, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm done. Like, I had finally hit my end point of, I'm done, and there's no return from this. I'm, I'm walking away from this marriage. Like, this is horrible. I was like, this is not what I call marriage, and this is not what I call a supportive marriage, or a happy, healthy one, by the way. It was very... Doom and gloom and all about him, himself and him. <laughs> like it was just I I didn't exist in that marriage. It was like I might as well just being the freaking what do you call it, Rapunzel locked up in the tower and can't get down. That's what it kind of felt like. I was locked away all the time. Um but then coming out of it I realised it was because of the I was actually experiencing PTSD already before i realized um what was happening so that night i went home and i um basically said to spirit please, you i was like show me a way how to get out of this marriage please just show me i was like i'm i'm done i can't do this anymore i've literally got nothing left to give inside me anymore i was like you need to show me And you show me loud and it needs to be in my face And I need this to fucking happen now Like I was so angry by then And then I I, I said this late at night after I got home from work Because I was done by everything And I was sick of seeing him And I just tired Completely over it I'm done Went to sleep And I got woken up by his phone and it was so bright it was lighting up the whole entire room and I was like oh my god dude why so I flipped it over so the light wasn't shining up in the room right and something uh, inside of me this voice said you need to look at his phone and I was like oh no not this again because this used to happen throughout the whole relationship all the time because it I didn't trust him, I knew he was always hiding things from me, so I'd check his phone, and I hadn't done it for a really, really long time, because I was just over it, I just couldn't be bothered anymore, um, and I put it down, and I was trying to go back to sleep, and I couldn't get back to sleep, and this voice just kept getting louder, and louder, and louder, you need to check his phone, you need to check his phone, check his phone, and I was like, whoa, okay, I'm going to check his phone, so I grabbed it. And something told me, don't look while you're right beside him. Take the phone into another room, so you've got the time to see what you need to see. So I did, and I got up and walked to the lounge. And as I was walking to the lounge, my whole body was starting, like, started shaking, and I just knew something was there. That was going to confirm everything that I was feeling And so I started looking through his phone Because normally he would have it locked He either had it locked and he had two passcodes on it um, And also it would always be in his pocket Or wherever he went Bathroom, shower, whatever It was with him continuously He never let it out of his sight And that to me was like that is suspicious behavior that's weird so that's why I knew I had to listen to this message that was coming through so I did and I couldn't really find a lot of things and I was like what's going on here and then I was like oh yeah well, that's right I see him on um, this social media platform a lot so I'll go have a look on there Actually, I'm going to check his messages. So I checked the messages and boom, there it was. Every single thing that I needed to see, every single message, word, everything was there. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. And I didn't cry. I was not crying, which is really weird. I stopped and I just went, Oh, oh wow, What a relief! I can finally leave. And I just flipped through all the messages and after a while, you know, I read quite a few of them, and after a while I was like, "Oh, I'm sick of reading this. This is just whatever." And I just thought, actually, I want to just know how long this has been going on for, and it had been going on for seven to eight months, or maybe longer than I'd even known. Knew something was going on, like I had a hunch, but I didn't have the evidence. And right now, I had the evidence in my hand. And it was like, wow. So I was like, right, that's it. He's out. And just as I went to go stand up, it felt like someone pushed down on my shoulders and was like, no, stop, you need to look at another place. I was like, oh, okay, so we only had to look at another social media platform and the messages and there were messages and then pictures and then videos I saw a video of him having sex with the chick that he was having the affair with and I was like oh my god I didn't watch it all because I was just like I don't even need to see this this is just Exactly what I needed The actual hardcore evidence That showed What he'd been up to And yeah I went and woke him up straight away Because it was like midnight or something And I said to him There's something you need to tell me And he's like no Like He was just like oh what the fuck What what are you doing this crazy shit for Again you're such a crazy Psychotic bitch Like you know Blaming me for the fact that I caught him And I had the phone behind my back the whole time I was um, hiding it And he was lying, he was lying I was like stop lying, stop lying He would not stop lying He's like you're crazy, you're making up this bullshit again You're doing it again to me Because there was two other times when I did this to him I knew he was with other women but he just wouldn't confirm it he wouldn't say yes I did do that to you and then um, I showed him the phone and when I showed him the phone his whole everything about him his whole denial of, no, no 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 no, never do that went oh And that's when I was like, yeah, oh, all right, you've been caught, motherfucker, and you're out. That's it. Doors are closed. Never again. And from that day forward, I've never looked back. I'm not saying that I had an easy time with the whole process of it all. Like, it was very, very emotional. Very, very traumatic. Uh, Up and down, up and down bullshit stuff of him trying to get get me back eight months of this right of him contacting me just about daily after we'd split eight freaking months and he just wouldn't let it go and it was like oh my god dude there's this enough already when I knew that he was already with this other chick like he basically moved out and was with her and I didn't care about that because I was grateful that she had finally come along and taken him away from me because it was like oh my god now I don't need to deal with this any longer I'm free to do what I need to do and when I like the, the moment that I came out of it I literally felt like I had been let out of a cage it was the most freeing moment I've ever felt, ever. And, you know what, I, I could breathe again. I was like, oh my God, I can breathe. I can breathe. And because I had all this freedom now, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was just like, oh my God, what do I do now? I had absolutely no idea what to do I didn't know where to go I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) I was just like what like wow what do I do with myself I don't have this constant controlling around me anymore which was amazing and um, so, luckily, before, I th- it was about seven or eight months before all this happened, I decided to go to the gym. Uh, and that was just purely for myself because I didn't know what else to give myself at the time because I was feeling so low about everything. I was so, so much sadness and grief. I didn't. I didn't grieve properly for the children that I had um, miscarried. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't do that. Any of that at all. I literally just swallowed it and carried on. And that's not. That's not the way to deal with things at all. So. Um, yeah, thankfully I was already eating well and exercising, so I basically dived into that even deeper. Than what I had been before, and this this made me see the potential in myself of what I could do and what I could become. So I decided I'll give myself a um, big goal to work towards, and that was enter a bodybuilding comp and. The reason why I did it was because I knew it pushed my comfort zones and it it scared the shit out of me, basically. But it also gave me something to focus on. See, when you're in a point of dealing with so much depression, anxiety, sadness, grief, anger, and you're not quite sure what's going on within you but you know something's not right because you're just really unhappy. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you focus on one thing that is going to allow you to really flourish within yourself. And it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it gives you that fire within you just to keep going and going. And this, is, this to me was exercise. And so, uh, yeah, I just dived into that hugely and just was always at the gym I, funny enough um, two months before all this happened I sent her an email to my old boss saying hey you got any jobs going because the one that I was in was I didn't like it and it was shit pay like bottom, bottom of the barrel type of stuff and I was like this is not me, this is definitely not me so Um, I wanted to find something else But I still wanted to stay in the trade that I was working in Uh, So Funnily enough My friend um, Contacted me It was probably about Maybe a month Or so After Everything had happened And said What are you doing? And I was like, oh not a lot She's like, you want a job? can start tomorrow and I thought what oh my god yes and that's how I entered into a full-time job like pretty quick and really good wage and also um, after being there for three months I was made a supervisor as well and it was amazing like seeing this mm. All unfold while I was navigating through everything that I was going through, I knew there was other things that I needed to do to change the way I was feeling um, i had I had gone to the doctor uh, to ask you know what 's wrong with me um, and that was only six months after um, when when well, I got my hair cut and the hairdresser told me I was losing too much hair and told me you need to go see the doctor. And I was like, well, what's going on? I was still very confused. Um, Eight months, I locked myself away in my house, basically. All I would do would just get up, go to work, go to the gym, go home. It was my pattern for eight months, solidly. I couldn't socialise, I couldn't talk to other men, I didn't trust anyone the only people that I was willing to be you know open and receptive to and talk to in regards to men was at at work because I knew it was safe there but any any time like outside of work no didn't feel safe at all so that's why I basically just kept to myself and just did my own thing over time, it was like, okay, I've got to, I've got to come out of my shell a bit more, and, and, you know, find find what works for me, what um, what doesn't. Thankfully enough, before all this stuff had happened, I um, had been introduced to an amazing, my amazing friend, uh, who does the most amazing kirtan. Who's actually been down a similar path of you know walking his darkness to where he is now, Um, and I was grateful, yeah, very grateful actually that I had been shown this before all of this stuff started falling out around me, and he started um, uh, posting online, you know, and telling people, um. Holding Kirtan again, you can come, blah, blah, blah. And so I started going to these, and it was like, oh, wow, okay, this is, this is, this is, there's something in this because this really hit my heart. And I'll just be sitting there listening to him singing these mantras that were absolutely amazing. And my heart would just be like, Hurting, but the tears that I was crying was also a lot of relief as well. I didn't have a lot of words for it at the time, but I knew that it was the right way to go. So I started following him more, and you know, going to more of these kirtan. Um, his name is Franco Heckey, and you can find him on Spotify and um, all social media media platforms. He's now the um, spirit. New Zealand Spirit Festival uh, organiser. Um, so, yeah, his music's amazing, honestly. It help, helped me through so much. And then I got into doing yoga retreats and then I got into meeting other people by doing those and got started asking questions about certain different things that were going on and, you know... F- finding different modalities and different things that were just pretty much being handed to me along the way. And of course I was still saying that same same thing every day. Please show me. Please guide me. Show me what it is I need to see. And of course Spirit would answer in a way that was either through other people or Uh, Through some kind of message Over Facebook or Instagram Or wherever I was looking And the right thing would come up At the right time And if I felt really pulled to it I was like okay I'm going to do this I'm going to do it now And I'd pay for it right then and there And commit right then and there Because it was like okay I'm going to do this Because if I left it too long I either would miss out Because they had limited numbers Or I'd get to the You know closer to the time And I'd be like Oh I don't know if I want to do this And start questioning myself Of what was going on When in actual fact It was probably the right thing for me to do Right then and there So I got into a pattern of doing this And I went to so much So yeah I did so much I went through so many different things, I did shamanic journey. And I ended up doing um, breath work. I was doing yoga, kirtan, aesthetic dance, cacao ceremonies, and then which led on to other ceremonies, which led on to uh, temple work and all this other stuff. And this was over a, a period of two, two years to two and a half years. So it expanded over a quite a long period of time, um, my healing journey. And, wow, wow, wow. I found, I found myself through it all. I, w- I was still very much processing uh, PTSD a lot. I still, like, navigating through all the trauma and everything, um, all the womb healing that I've had to do because of all that trauma has been unbelievable. However, now that I've I've popped out the other side of it, it's like actually this is this has been great. Like it's not great when you're going through it. I can tell you that now, but when you pop out the other side, it's like oh the relief of not having this trauma stuck in my body anymore is amazing, absolutely amazing. Um so yeah eventually I was like I've had enough of being I've yeah I had enough of being where I was and what I was doing and I I wanted to find where my soul was calling me home I couldn't find it anywhere where I was it was definitely not in Auckland <laughs> um I was living in New Zealand and I went to Todong and was just like, "Is it here?" And it was like, "Oh, could be, but I don't know what I'd do here." Like, I just wasn't very sure. And then um, I came to Australia to for a holiday because I just needed a break. I just needed a break from it all, and I also wanted to change the energy that was sitting around the date that I got married to, and change it into something completely different. So I didn't remember that it was the day that I got married. It was just another day. That's, that was my intention around that. So I, yeah, came to Australia. And, and we, yeah, came here for about two weeks holiday. And was like, oh my God, this is amazing. My soul was like, this is this is it. This is what we've been wanting. This is what we want. Let's go, let's go, let's come here. So... <sighs> Well, like, that was April, so, yeah, December, I pretty much had packed up the house with the help of my beautiful parents, Um, and, yeah, we packed up the house, and off I went. I basically sold pretty much every single thing in that house that I had, and I kept maybe about 10 or so boxes. Uh, packed them up and kept them at mum and dad's and then, yeah, moved out of that house by the end of December and when was that, 2019, I think? Yeah, 2019, yeah, and then um, I went and stayed with my parents in Tauranga for a whole month with my two cats and that was awesome and um, we just chilled and I just relaxed and got everything ready that I needed to get ready before I moved to Australia and I, I moved over here with two suitcases two suitcases that's it yeah it was like my whole entire life was packed in these two suitcases, and I got here in was that February, March? COVID hit, and yeah, twenty twenty. So I was like, "Oh, okay. What do I do? Do I go home or do I stay here?" And something was just just said to me: "Just stay here, keep staying here." So I did, and I and. I went through a lot, a lot in that year as well. I was still releasing a lot of the trauma that was within me. Um, However, this time I was alone. And I didn't have the support network around me like I did when I was back home in New Zealand. I knew in New Zealand I had all these different people that I could go and see that would help me through different things, and it was amazing. But coming here was nothing. And for a while, I didn't know what to do. I was very like, wow, I don't know what's going on here. What am I supposed to be doing? And then after a while, I just was like, okay, well, I'm here now, so just make the most of it. And I'd go out and sit outside in nature quite a lot and just sit with the land and look at it and feel it and try and like be one with it. And I was like, okay, yeah, this this feels really good. And then after a while, I'd hear this beating sound. boo boof, boof. do 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 And then after a while, it would be like, it would come louder and louder. And I'd be like, oh, someone's like playing a drum or something. Eh, that's funny. And I'd ask other people, you know, did you hear that? And they'd be like, nope, I didn't hear that. I was like, oh, okay. So I thought, wow, what, what's this about? After a while, I kept hearing the same the same thing over and over, and I was like, "Okay, what is this, and what is like you know show me what it is I need to to do for this." And one thing led to another, and i was I uh, ended up buying a drum, and it was a shamanic drum, and it arrived on my doorstep, and I was really excited about it, but yet I didn't know what it was for I had no idea so (laughs) I started playing it I just started playing it and started playing it every day and it was just like really really cool like I was like oh wow oh wow this is starting to make me feel really good like oh wow and then all of a sudden these different sounds and tones would come out of me and light language and everything, and I was like, whoa, what's going on here? So I thought, okay, so I'm feeling really good after this, so I'm going de- to dedicate myself to this for about five or six months and see what happens. And I was doing like one every one to two weeks, however I was feeling, and what I found after five months was that I had changed so much within such a short period of time that a lot of the the residue trauma that was still sitting there wanting to be released was gone I wasn't getting triggered anymore I wasn't having panic attacks anymore I was like oh my god this is amazing oh my god wow, 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 wow and I was like oh I need to share this with people and that's how I got into doing shamanic journeying and the, the more that I delved into this, the the more I started seeing the, the benefits of it and how deeply it allows you to go without having to really push your mind to go there. It just happens, which is the easy way to go. Like when you, things just unfold in front of you, it's like, oh, this is nice and easy. That's the right path to follow. So... I did that, and I also realised the way that I had been looking after myself throughout this whole time, because I didn't go down the conventional route of therapy and having uh, medication, which, by the way, I'm not saying is a bad thing, just for me, at the time, it didn't feel right. My body was, like, wanting to run out of the door when he was offering this stuff to me, so... I knew it wasn't the right thing for me at the time and this is the reason why was because I had to find the natural healing modalities of how to get through it. And this is why this is what I teach now is like all these different things that you can do that allows you to get to a place where you feel safe within your body you're connected to your heart again and you know that by going to the depth of each trauma that you will just keep removing it layer by layer by layer by layer and eventually there will be nothing more to release. And when you get to that space it feels like the most expansive freedom you'll ever feel and it is Undescribable in the fact that you just know that oh my god, that's it, I'm done, there's nothing else I need to clear, this is amazing. And then from there, that's when you start to see joy coming in a lot more, that's when you start, you know, seeing laughter a lot more within yourself. You see, everything around you becomes. More vibrant. Everything about life is just exciting. And just daily things. Like little things. Daily little things. Where before you, would, you wouldn't have noticed them. Because you're so stuck in that darkness. With PTSD. Or complex PTSD. Or depression even. So stuck in that darkness that you cannot see the little things around you that are really, really amazing. Like a flower that blooms at night and smells like fresh French perfume. Or a parrot floating, like flying by, floating by. Uh, yeah, I suppose it is floating in a way. <laughs> and seeing its vibrant colours for the first time. These were like the little things that I was starting to see and it was Absolutely blowing me away to the point where some days I'd be in absolute tears of gratitude. Tears. Because it was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I could feel, you know, the type of life that I always wanted to have, and I didn't have it. I didn't have it for nine years. It was engulfed by something else that was taking my attention. And that's not what relationships are meant to be about or like at all. That was a really long story, really long story, and that's not all of it either. Um, but this is just like pr- pretty much a little bit of a background, as as to say, hey, this is this is where I've been. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's amazing. Life now is amazing. Honestly, I would never saw myself where I am now. And I could say that I've, if someone had come up to me and said, hey, nine years after marrying this guy, you're going to leave him, then you're going to find yourself, and then you're going to be, uh, become a shamanic healer and um, an embodiment coach boom helps people to transmute trauma into freedom. I would have just cracked up laughing and been like whatever, but this, this is the thing, you don't know, you don't know how your life is going to unfold, however you, you do know one thing and that's yourself and how you feel and whether you accept or tolerate the way that you have been spoken to, the way that you're allowing people to do things to you. Once you say no, no more, I'm not accepting this anymore, that's where the change happens. You have to make that decision within yourself. No one else can do it for you. Once you've made that decision, that's when everything else will unfold for you. Yeah, the the journey that I've taken to get to where I am today has been huge. Um, it hasn't always been easy. Some some of it has been really rough. Um, however, when I popped out the other end of it all, and I literally was at the end of the the tunnel, and being, and was like, "Oh my God, I'm finally free." That's when all the magic started happening because I was finally listening to myself, and you know within yourself what needs to happen. I'm literally just here to remind you, hey, you can do it, believe in yourself, just got to take one step at a time, that's all it is, and keep things really, really simple, really simple, take care and listen to your heart of what you truly want, and uh, look after yourself in the process. So until next time, I'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, beauty. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is an honor to have you here with me. If you have any questions or needing extra support, please reach out to me. I'm always here for you. I'd love to know if anything resonated with you or if there is anything you want to share with me then please send me a message on Instagram at MoniqueVettyAlchemist Also if there is anything that inspired you from today's episode then definitely share it with your friends and family and make sure to tag me on Instagram as well at Monique Vetti Alchemist. because the more you share with what you are feeling and going through And the journey that you're experiencing, the better support you get from the people that care about you the most. And this is why, this is my intention behind all of this podcast. Is to inspire you to always walk the path of your dreams. Remember to subscribe so we can hang out with each other. Only at your convenience though. Uh, I'm sending lots of love and support to you and remember anything is possible. I love you. Take care. Bye-bye.